the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Thank you for everyone that is tuning in. Um, this portion of the program also, we do a live stream. We call it the Noon Report on Facebook. If you find the page John DePietro Show, you'll see that it actually takes you to another page, which is RI Juan News. Juan News, and we have uh, partnered with them, so you can see the live stream. If you just fiddle around on Facebook, find the main page, then you can find that. And folks, uh, this portion at 12.06 on this Thursday, brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Rhode Island's number one garden center, folks. They are absolutely jamming. What a great job they've done. They've had a uh, tremendous season, and they have everything you need. Decorating your home just looks great. Or maybe you're going to be stopping at someone's home for a holiday gathering, Christmas party, whatever it may be. Stop there first. They have beautiful potted live trees. We get our tree there as well. Beautiful uh, Fraser fir tree. Custom handmade wreaths. 10 inch to 60 inches in size. They also have Christmas swag and mistletoe and hanging baskets, roping, cut greens, decorative pots, cemetery baskets, Christmas crafts, bird houses, original sleighs, custom made, all from a local artist. Gift certificates are available. They're open seven days a week. Look for them on Facebook. Folks, it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're worth the ride. They are open every day from now until Christmas Eve. And again, they've had a, a great, great season. Again, good afternoon to everybody tuning in, whether it's on Facebook Live or on the radio, or if you just say Alexa, search WNRI. You know, more and more people are listening on the website, um, which is easy. You just find petro.com and click listen live. And then when you're there, if you ever miss a segment, a lot of people are asking you about, we had Mark Meadows on. President Trump's chief of staff. We have Peter Navarro on a lot more. It's a happening. You just go to the website, dipetro.com, and then under uh, radio show is everything right there in alphabetical library fashion, if you will. And dipetro.com, which is, remember, brought to you by Tavolo, Wine Bar Tuscan Grill, authentic, innovative Italian cuisine. Uh, Three great locations. I've eaten in all three of them. Providence, Atwell's Avenue. Right there up on the hill. Smithfield right near Bryant. And then Warwick right across from the airport on Post Road. It's T-A-V-O-L-O, Tavolo, uh, Wine Bar and Tuscan Grill and online at TavoloWineBar.com. Well, folks, I want to um, obviously, you know, I, I feel for the business community. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't want people to get too down. I don't want people to get too down because as much as Governor McKee and other people have also, by the way, picked up on it. The fact that I I just um, right now, Governor McKee, who I want to remind people, he he was not elected. He is filling out the term of Rhode Island Governor, now Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. But it's um, I don't know how else to and and I'm trying to be respectful because it's the holiday. You know, it is the Christmas season, but um, it, 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 it just seems as if he is just like pandering in the wind. Like, whoever makes the most noise seems to get the most attention. Now, if you're a business owner, um, I don't want, and I mean it, I don't want people to get too blown out about what was announced yesterday. Because ultimately, you have to run your business the way you have to run your business. 
And I, I want to remind people, I think some people are making too much of what was announced yesterday. I do. And most importantly, the most important factor to me of this whole thing is, number one, you know, people have options and decisions when it comes with businesses they shop on and where they spend their money and places they go out to eat or drink at. So that's number one. Right. People have a decision. Think of places that you go to on a regular basis. And then think of either stores or restaurants or bars or what have you that you you just don't frequent, right? And there's always a reason for it. There's a reason why you, you know, you go to one restaurant consistently and other places that you don't. And there's a variety of reasons that come into that. But I just want to remind people that as, as much as the governor is saying this all starts Monday and, you know, if you're going to go in, uh, either large establishments, everybody has to wear a mask. That really only affects places like the Dunkin' Donuts Center, maybe some nightclubs. No, let, let's be honest, not many places handle crowds over 250 people. That's just a fact. I'm not saying there aren't any, but there's just not that many. For anything below that, so if someone comes in and then you're supposed to say, excuse me, if you're not vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. I, I, I just want to come back to it. And I really want people to, to listen to what I'm saying because I, I just don't – I'm not encouraging anyone to not follow the, law, the, the rules or the guidelines or whatever we're calling it. But, but I, I just want to come back to that, um, <clears throat> you know, th- there's, there's no mechanism for finding out if you're enforcing that. And, and I, I just think that's really important. Um, some people will throw in the towel, and, and others, I think, will say, all, all I'm asking you, and I know a lot of people are putting it up, really affects businesses right on the line. Why would someone go to, you know, just a, a bar in Rhode Island where then they have to say, do you have a, if you don't have, uh, if you weren't vaccinated, then you need to wear a mask or one or the other. But I, why would someone do that as opposed to, you know, going over the line in Massachusetts. I, I'm just going to come back to um, I, I I don't see where they have the mechanism to enforce it. So, you know, there, there, there's there's different types of of laws. I'm not encouraging rule breaking, but if if I, I don't see quite honestly where someone from the state is going to start walking around into bars and restaurants going, as I said, table to table. You know, let me see your papers. You don't have a mask on. Let me see your vaccine. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think that's happening. So I, I wouldn't get too blown out about it. Now, that said, listen, you know, we have to deal in reality. It's a fluid situation. Um, but I, I also want to mention when I say, you know, the governor is like almost swinging in the wind a little bit as far as pandering. Um, the, the, no one. Look at how much he is pandering and listening to the progressive left. Right now, unless you're up at the state house, unless you're in with like the in crowd in Providence, which I would imagine hope most of the people listening to me right now are not. Um, this these socialists, Black Lives Matter, progressive left crew that are basically it's Matt Brown and his cohorts. And I recognize a lot of people don't know who he is, but he's running for governor. And it's basically a campaign stunt. But what Governor McKee needs to recognize is 
So you have these people, they're sleeping out in tents in front of the state house, and it's become like a big thing. And they have music, and you know, they, they, and it's fun, and they're doing interviews, and the person that's running for that, uh, who's organized it, is running for lieutenant governor. And I, he, my message to Governor McKee is, you, and, and the, you know, the governor had a press conference today, and they're going to do more. They, you're never going to do enough for that crowd. You're never, I, I repeat, you're, you're never going to satisfy. They are a, a bottomless pit. Stop listening to them. You know, it, it, there, are, there are shelters, there are different programs. But right now, if, if you stopped 10 different people, like, and I mean the people that work and have families and pay taxes and vote. And you ask them, what are your top 10 priorities right now? Other than maybe they feel they're supposed to say it. People are not. uh, How many people are we talking about? This is insanity. A small fraction of the population. They're they're even saying there's 226 people that apparently don't have a place to hang their head at night. I, I don't know what else to say at this point. And no matter what he does, this is my message to the McKee people. Stop listening to no matter what he does. If he said, listen, here's what we're going to do. There's, there's 226 people that supposedly there's no room in the shelter. They don't have a home. We, we're taking them. We're going to give all of them a home of their choice in wherever they want to live in the state. It's never going to be enough. The people that are sleeping out at the state house, Matt Brown and the progressive left and Cynthia Mendez and the whole crew, you know what their response to be response to Governor McKee would be? It's not enough. It's too little, too late. That's not enough. You you need to do more than that. You also need to provide blah blah blah. It's it's a bottomless pit of demands. They're not negotiating in good faith. So my message to Governor McKee: stop pandering to that blanking crowd. My God, you would think with San Francisco, they had another press conference today. Governor McKee, now we're going to put them in Memorial Hospital in Pawtucket and we can't, you know, my administration is dedicated to these 226 people of no place to live. My God, what about the rest of the blanking population? It is a, it's a campaign ploy. The governor and his staff, if, if this is really undisciplined, it is. This is the problem to me that, you know, he hasn't been elected governor. And now, you know, more and more, I, I, I really, I give credit to Governor Baker that said, I'm not going to run for re-election because there's a lot of decisions I have to make regarding COVID. And I don't want it to be seen political. So I'm going to have to make them. And, and I don't want that political cloud. So you have two people, state, you know, side by side, state side by side, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. One governor, you know, Governor Baker is like, I'm not doing a mask mandate. We're not doing a statewide mask mandate. And I, I don't care. I'm not running for reelection. We're going to do more testing. We're keeping things open. Uh, next door, you have Governor McKee, who's caving to the political left. He is. But what he needs to understand is it's never going to be enough, no matter what he does. You know, if they demand 100 million and he gives them 100 million, they're going to say it's still not enough. 
The 100 million was a start. We want an additional 100 million. All right, here's an additional 100 million. Now it's 200 million. 200 million is an insult. Don't you understand? This is just the beginning. We want four. It's never. So don't listen to that crowd. Ugh. Now, but again, the business community, everybody's got to, you know, chill out a little bit. I get it. It is a hassle. No, I totally get it. I've been talking to business people nonstop. Yes, I get it. It's tough to get people to come back to work. Now it's like, all right, somebody walks in. If you don't have a mask on, I'm supposed to ask you, do you have a vaccination? Of course, no one wants to do that. That's why Governor Baker isn't doing it. There are some states that are doing it. New York is doing that. Uh, New York City is doing that. I experienced that firsthand. I was down in New York in September. It was very simple. Go to a restaurant. It was Saturday afternoon. If you want to sit outside, you can sit outside. If you want to sit inside, you got to show us vaccination card. So, And I could see people. And by the way, let me just be very clear. Even in New York, where they, quote, have that, they'd say, uh, I, you need to show me a vaccination card. The people would wave their phone. And I mean like that. And that's fine. You know, it's almost like, all right, you got to show, got to show an ID. That's good. That's good. That, you know, they're not, I think, you know, some people are going a little bit overboard with it, but people need to rally. But, but Governor McKee, you know, I don't know if his former chief of staff, Tony Silva, tended to be the more calm one. Governor McKee has, he has to stop listening to Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. No one elected her to anything. Come to think of it, no one elected him to anything. That woman, I am telling you, it, it, you know, and I said it from the beginning. Is soon, when Governor Raimondo left, that was his opportunity to remove her. She has never gotten better. She talks out of both sides of her mouth. Um, her, she, folks, and I, I want you to hear what I'm saying. It, it's called people that have skin in the game. You need people with skin in the game. You know, I, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but. And a good afternoon, everyone, at 1220. It's one. It's the John DePietro Show. Well, you deserve the truth, and that's what you get. <clears throat> Do you know why Bill Belichick doesn't listen to the fans and the crowd at Gillette? Because even though they're fans, they don't have skin in the game. And what I mean by that is if he ever made a bad decision, and, and Patriot owner Bob Kraft, Robert Kraft, called him in and said, what was that? You know what's an unsatisfactory decision? Well, the guy sitting behind me on row five, he thought that was the play we should have called. So what? Who cares what? He can yell whatever he wants. He can yell go for it on fourth down. He can yell punt. He can yell blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter because he doesn't have any blanking skin in the game. Now, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, she doesn't. She does not. What? It's up to her. It's lock everything down. Everybody's in a mask forever. Just re- remember, these were the same people advising Governor Mundo close Lincoln Woods. You got to close the beaches. Don't let all those people go to the beach. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, she was the one. You know, you could be the person that's responsible for killing your neighbor. You know, if you touch a doorknob, the next wrong, wrong, wrong. They're never called out on it. And Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, who, as I put out yesterday on Twitter, a picture of her and Governor McKee, which one's running the state? Because this is starting to sound like she's, you know, these people get caught up in the whole thing. Her life changed 
when Governor Raimondo started having her on stage all the time. Never forget, I forget what it was, but it was someone uh, in the media that put, oh, I it was just at the store. And I ran into a celebrity behind me in line was Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. And I responded to them, who was the celebrity? Oh, please don't call her a celebrity. This was the same person. You know Governor McKee is listening to? The same person that preached equity. How I loathe that word, equity. And I would raise my hand. Dr. Scott, I'm just curious. Jamestown has five confirmed cases of COVID. You have the same restrictions on Jamestown, which is a true island. Same restrictions as Central Falls. That has hundreds of COVID cases. Why is that? And what would she say? Because of equity, everyone must be treated the same. You don't treat people differently. Don't treat people differently until the vaccine came along. And then she said, well, we have to give the vaccine first to the people in Central Falls and parts of Providence. And I said, why are we doing that? Well, because they're the hardest hit. So then Governor McKee said, well, I'm going to give a $3,000 vaccine bonus to all of the union people. Where was Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott in that conversation? He kept her to his own. He should have pushed her out. Should have said in uh, June, he should have Tony Silva do it. Thanks for your service. We're going we're gonna to get a fresh voice in here. Fresh set of eyes. You must be really burned out. Rhode Island can't thank you enough. But we're going to, listen, there's plenty of people that want that role. Let, let alone, you know, in today's day and age when it's so high profile. Right? But if you heard Dr. Scott, like, in her mind, this thing's never ending. Now she's like, we got to go after the infants. My next thing is I want all children she even said, I, you know, my biggest thing is I can't vaccinate. I guess she has a young child. Five to 11 are next and the masks are never coming off. And if it were up to me, we'd all be on lockdown and blah, blah, blah. That's who he's listening to. But the problem is, you know, when someone gets elected, there's a, a sense of accomplishment. And there's also a sense of confidence that I have found that many elected officials develop because now they know how to win an election. And not everyone does. And they know how to win one, especially statewide. You know, there is something to be said when people, you hear people talk about, just as an example, and this is not a great analogy by any stretch, but just someone like Tom Brady, they know how to win. They know how to close out a game. Guys like Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, they know it's not enough to just give a team a run for the money. It's not enough to say, oh, well, we fought the good fight. You close it out and you win. There's something to be said for that. And it's the same thing for people that I've dealt with over the years that once they win an election, they say, now I know what it takes in order to There's a big difference of people that just always run and lose and those that actually win. And Governor McKee has not, he's one statewide lieutenant governor, but not governor. And I'm telling you right now, this business where I'm going to make everybody happy, that is not the solution. People are not happy about it. This obsession with the blanking homeless is is beyond insanity. He's got to stop listening. But see, they never should have let those people camp out at the state house because now they're not going anywhere. 
And they're such martyrs and they're such victims. Now they're getting press. Now people are coming in, telling them, you are unbelievable. You are just so dedicated to the cause. I lay out here. They're upset today because it's not that cold out. That's who he's dealing with. Yeah, what is it, 57 degrees? Oh, they're so disappointed. You mean it's not going to be freezing tonight? They want it to be, you know, these people up at the state house. It's my jaw hurts from my teeth chattering. And you know, and you got to, you know, they're, they're so tremendous. They're just better people than everyone. And now they're doing interviews and, and they're glorious. And now they have tom-tom drums and their music. And, and uh, you know, they have the progressive meteor up there. Another huge crowd tonight, blah, blah, blah. Even though there's actually more homeless advocates than homeless people. I want you to just remember one thing, and then I'm, I do, I'm not going to just stick on this whole thing, but, you know, the, the, we heard there were 226 homeless people that had literally, there's no room in the shelter, they have nowhere to go. And then they reported that there were like 250 people at the state house. And I want to give credit to one of our listeners, Fred, said, you know, Juan, if every person there brought just one homeless person home for the night, they would, they would solve the problem. But see, that's the thing that Governor McKee just doesn't, they, they, they don't want to solve the problem. If they solve the problem, there's no reason for them to sleep out at the state house and carry on. They're not looking for, this isn't, they're not trying to end homelessness. This is their campaign, right? It's kind of, and I don't want to go on and on, but they there were many advocates that if, if they were actually to solve the problem, they would put themselves out of a job. So, uh, you know, I remember, I don't want to go on and on, but there was several years ago, that especially this one group of individuals and someone said, you know, as far as we know right now, there are, you know, there's no homeless individuals of this uh, nature out on the street. And the person that ran the organization lashed out, don't ever say that. There will always be. It will never be solved. This is there are there are. Don't listen to them. This they they don't want it to end. They don't want it to end. All right, folks. This portion of the John DePietro show at twelve twenty eight on this Thursday is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, listen. Whatever you're doing right now, you could right now, especially if you're in the car. They're located right in Providence. Ron and Melissa. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, one seventy Royal Little Drive in Providence. They have Let's Go Brandon Donuts. They have the Wandy Holiday Christmas Trays. They have Christmas cookies. They have delicious calzones. Everything fresh. Let's Go Brandon Donuts. That's right. The only place in Rhode Island where you can get Let's Go Brandon Donuts. How funny is it that yesterday when uh, President Biden was touring the storm damage, think of that. People, their whole house is wiped out. They, those people are homeless, by the way. The people in Kentucky with their tornado ripped apart. As far as the eye can see, those people are homeless, not the people, you know, Nilo and some of this other stuff. But anyhow, in the midst of that, the people yelling, let's go, Brandon, as they see President Biden wandering around surveying the the, uh, hurricane damage. I was laughing at that. But folks, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, look for them on Facebook. They're off the beaten path a little bit. They're right near AAA in Providence, 170 Royal Little Drive. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, Let's Go Brandon Donuts, everything fresh. Delicious calzones, everything fresh. And Wandy trays, they also have Turin, 
which is the Italian candy. It's delicious. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Pop in and see them. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by The CBD Store, 1845 Post Road, Warwick. Stop in and see Michael. Remember, it's 25% off if you mention the John DePietro Show. 1845 Post Road, Warwick. Now, everything natural, if you're dealing with uh, anxiety, a lot of people are, stress, problems sleeping, pain, or seizure, Pop it and see Michael. It's all natural. They're so knowledgeable. You can find them on Facebook. But easy to get to. 1845 Post Road Warwick. I was there just the other day, right across from Airport Plaza. And it's 25% off if you mention the John DePietro Show. The CBD store. Stop in and see Michael. And they even have things for your pets. We've been giving this wonderful CBD for little young Rumsfeld. And it helps him with his uh, back legs. So, folks, at um, at 1230... Um, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, yesterday, you, you have to understand that that uh, Governor McKee, no matter what he was going to announce, it was, it was just never going to be enough. It was just, it was never going to be enough for um, met certain members of the media and then certain members of the progressive left. If, if Governor McKee panders to the progressive left, then I, I think he's going to lose to the progressive left. So I also want to, um, I'm just see, seeing some, so here's a statement from Cumberland Farms. I'm just seeing this in the New Rhode Island mandate. In accordance to the latest mandate, uh, team members and guests would be required to wear masks inside all of Cumberland Farms within the state, regardless of vaccination status. Now, that goes against how um, that that's different than what Governor McKee has said. So, I mean, when's the last time you were in a Cumberland Farms and there were more than 250 people? This is unnecessary. They're going to require everyone to wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. That That's different than Massachusetts. So I don't, I don't understand that. Um, and look at the media. So they're asking, like Dunkin' Donuts, Ocean State Job Lot, how are you going to enforce it? You know, see, the media now, the media right now, what they seemingly view their job, some members of the media, is they have to be the mask police. They have to be the mask police. And it's never going to be enough. There are members of the local media that have corrupted them. Forget we, Everyone will be on lockdown. And remember, you know, a lot of the control that people talk about, a lot of the control that people talk about with uh, saying that the government wants to control things, it's, um, it, you, you got to understand, you, you need to realize that it, it's also, it's, it's the members of the media that want to do that. You know, here, members of the media quizzing stores, how are you going to do that? And you watch, there's going to be stories starting on Monday of I went into such and such a place and no one asked for my, they're going to do that because that's what they are. I mean, they're rotten and you're about to see it play out and we're going to call it out. Uh, that That's BS yellow journalism. Businesses are having enough difficulty. You know, this is the same crowd that will never go down to Quonset and let you know the illegals that are coming in. You watch, starting next week, members of the media are going to start going in places. And then they're going to say, 
I went to a restaurant and they didn't ask me. And the answer, if, if anyone does that, they should be held to pay. But I also want to mention this, folks. Um, and this is going to seem critical, um, like I'm criticizing someone, but but I am because I am, I should say. But you, you have to be smart about things. For instance, yesterday, um, yesterday, someone took the time to go to the state house, and it's a woman named Chris, and she's standing in the hallway. And she's holding a sign. And the Providence Journal ran this. And I hold on. I want to just, because I was asking, I, I don't like to be critical when people take time out of their day to go protest something. So I don't like to be critical like that. I also, if someone's going to take the time. But why would you hold a sign, McKee's Gina's puppet? McKee is Gina's puppet. Why would you hold that sign? Like, that, that's a wasted sign. The sign could have said McKee is killing business or McKee stop pandering. McKee is Gina's puppet. What's the what's wrong with that sign? Governor McKee and Raimondo, they can't stand each other. Like, what are you? There's a lot of criticism that you could level at Governor McKee. But being a puppet to Gina Raimondo is not one of them. He's. Doing this on his own. That's the wrong. What does that sign even mean? Gina's puppet. She has nothing to do with this stuff. She wouldn't even talk. She wouldn't even let him on stage. They didn't even communicate back and forth. There's several things. You could put McKee is Biden's puppet. You could put McKee is the progressive puppet. But I'm going to defend him on this. He's not Ramundo's puppet. That's a stupid sign. Like, the people that want to protest, you have to be smarter than that. What? Gina's puppet. She, she's not even focused on Rhode Island anymore. She's not even focused on Rhode Island anymore. So I don't like to criticize people that take the time to protest. I don't like to criticize people that take the time to make a sign. But I, I don't know, like, ask someone then instead of next time. McKee is Gina's puppet. What? You know, someone from the media asked me, do you know what this person is talking about holding a sign that says McKee is Gina's puppet? I, I said, I, I don't know even know what that means. Is that an old sign from like somebody took it out of the closet? No, no. The decisions he's making have nothing to do with that. The dis- decisions he's making have to do with the progressive left, not with Ramundo. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Propane Plus. Listen, make Propane Plus your propane supplier. Whether if you're a restaurant and you use a lot of propane, outdoor uh, heaters, and it's going to be helpful to have things heated outside. Propane Plus. I mean, Tim Johnson and his family, heating and cooling. Two numbers. One in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. It's Propane Plus. Make them your propane supplier. You don't know what else that Governor McKee also, folks, and uh, remember, visit the website, depetro.com and depetro.com, which is brought by Brood Awakenings. Discover the brood difference. There's one near you, fresh ingredients, cozy environment. We had David on just the other day. It's Brood Awakenings. Two locations in Johnson, one in Providence. 
And then you also have uh, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston and also uh, Bald Hill Road in Warwick. You know what else that Governor McKee did not lay out or explain is, as I was mentioning, in New York, with New York City the way they did it. And New York was uh, the first one to jump on, you know, you got to show proof of vaccination. But even in New York City, they said if you're outside, you don't have to show a vaccination card. What Governor McKee did not even mention yesterday is how this impacts people who are going to eat outside. A lot more places have done outdoor dining. And a lot of different places have even done like the outdoor igloos. So I don't understand why why would someone have to either A, wear a mask or show vaccination status if they're going to eat outside. It wasn't even it wasn't even brought up. And and I don't understand it. I don't understand why other than, you know, as I said, I think he's I think, unfortunately, he's listening to Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. So um, in I I don't hold on. I just want to I'm not sure who put this out. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't I think she has far too much sway uh, in the McKee administration. And she has no regard <clears throat> for small business. Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, folks, last year during the protest, she became an activist. She wasn't just the director of health of Rhode Island Department of Health. She became an activist. And um, and, and that's when it, 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 crossed, it crossed over. You know, these were the same people that were telling people that they couldn't uh, go out. They could not go to visit their family members. They they couldn't see those that were nursing homes. They couldn't go to funerals. But as you saw, it was totally fine for all the <clears throat> for all the protesters out there. So that is, um, you know, as soon as that became very evident that there were going to be two sets of rules, uh, in in my mind, that's when. She, in my mind, she stopped being less of a doctor and just she became more of an activist. And the whole thing about the masks, the masks and a lot of the protests, it wasn't because they were following COVID guidelines. A lot of the Black Lives Matter, defund the police, uh, Antifa, those individuals, they do it because they hide their face. Has nothing to do. They, they wear masks regardless of COVID. They were wearing masks before there was COVID. So, you know, Dr. Scott and Governor Raimondo at the time would say, you know, what's great is all the protesters follow the guidelines and they wear masks and they're six feet apart. Well, that, that, that's not true. Um, they, you know, you see the, the shoplifters out on the West Coast, they, they put a T-shirt over their face. It's to cover their face from law enforcement. It, it's not Hey, but as I'm shoplifting, I mean, I need to make sure I'm following the guidelines. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Kogi. Discover the Coogan difference. Call them today. 401-732-6562. Heating and cooling, 24 emergency service, gas boiler, oil boiler, uh, hot water heater. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is R.E. Coogan. R.E. Coogan.com, R.E. Coogan.com 
It's recooganandheating.com. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. If you're having a problem with your heating system, call them. It's Kogi, 401-732-6562. Folks, again, good good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's brought to you by the Coesit Inn. A great meal is waiting for you at 226 we said Avenue in West Warwick. Stop it and see the Rhode Island tradition since 1977. I also just want to, um, at 1242, I, I want to touch on this situation in Warrington because I, I also believe this is one of those situations. I think that the media is actually making the situation worse. Uh, look at this. I'm looking at the news right now. Former Memorial Hospital to harbor homeless. Rhode Island expands emergency shelter capacity. I, I just want to repeat, it will never be enough. It'll, it'll never be enough for what they want to do. All of this pandering to the progressive left, it, it won't be enough. But um, two stories I'm seeing right now. One, when Socket High School students suspended, charged for online shooting threat, that's where there needs to be responsibility for not only the student, but also for the parents involved. But this situation in Barrington is embarrassing. And I'll even, you know, the, the amount of attention that one of the TV stations is giving it of these students, they're starting a petition and they're scared for their life. And this is all because of what happened in Michigan. And that could happen here. It, it, no one will like call them out. And now the FBI is getting involved and the state police are getting involved. It is so over the top. This is teen drama. And, and every time you're putting these kids on camera, it's just fueling it even more. And you, you, just because some punk idiot scribbled, listen to this poor misguided student. Go to school or if we want to be safe. Classes are going on as normal at Barrington as High they School should. after a threat was found written on a stall in the girls' bathroom Monday. I saw three officers outside the door putting up tape. They weren't allowing anyone in. Wow. Students remained in class and Junior Anna Salson remained in the dark as to what was going on. The school didn't send out anything concrete until 4 p.m. And even then, they really were just simply saying, like, we have things under control. Barrington Which Superintendent Michael Missouri said in a statement to parents Monday, Monday, that there will be an increased police presence until winter break. But the 17-year-old and her peers want more. We don't just want police in schools. We don't just want five police officers sitting in a hallway. What we want is school to be virtual. We want students to be able to access their education from home and not have to prioritize their education over their safety. She's also calling for an improved safety plan and put these demands in a petition that now has more than 2,200 signatures. To see fellow students commenting, I don't want to die, and I'm scared for my life, and I'm coming into school, God, and I can't learn because I'm nervous. Drama. Principal Joseph Hurley sent a message to students Tuesday that distance learning will not be happening. Saul said students wore stickers Tuesday showing support of the petition, uh. saying they're not giving up until they're taken seriously. I'm not here to criticize the school or criticize Mr. Hurley or Mr. Missouri. I'm just here to say that this is how the students feel, and this is what the students are demanding, and in this day. Age, we don't have time to think this is a joke. It's not just writing to us. It's something that's very real. Well, hold on. Now, first of all, 
you know, I, I, I don't. This is the problem when when you make quasi celebrities out of someone that's a junior in high school. We have demands, and this is what we are demanding. And see, this is another example also that these students that are involved with this, there will never be enough done to stop the threat. And somehow they arrived that. The only thing that's satisfactory is distance learning. And what is very unfair is how much effort has gone into to try to keep, you know, the schools open and the children in school. Children learn best in school. Did they find a bullet casing? Did they find a bullet casing? No. Did they find a weapon? No. Is there a student that they are aware of? That is in the school that has access to weapons. No. Someone went in and scribbled that. Could it have been one of the students behind the petition? And look at the way now it's framed. Right? We see something in Michigan. This is a complete failure on behalf of parents and school administrators. I don't expect juniors in high school to know the difference in gun laws between Michigan and Rhode Island. I don't expect that. You know, in Michigan, for those that forget, during a lot of the protests, you you can carry, you can open carry, you can open carry rifles. And I mean, they, they had long guns inside the state capitol and no one was breaking the law. It's night and day. In our area, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, you you can have a, you know, you have to apply to get a concealed carry permit. But even then, it's concealed carry. You can't walk around with an open weapon. Now, I don't expect juniors and sophomores in high school, but all this crying and the drama and I don't want to be a hashtag and you can hear a voice quivering and they've allowed these kids to just get wound up. Now, I applaud the principal. Like, we're not caving. This is insanity. Again, did they unearth a plot? For instance, were police called to, we found, you know, a cache of weapons? No. They found, you know, someone had some shell casings or high-powered weapons or they interrupted a plan or, you know, the kids in Columbine, after that happened, the kid had things out in the open in his, in his bedroom. Nothing like that. What has happened that all it takes is someone to go into the girls' restroom, lavatory, whatever we're calling it these days. Can you even call it the girls' room anymore? Is it now just everything gender neutral? Right on the door, scrawl, and boom, panic ensues. I think they have... You know, and I, how about the student? It's not enough. You know, we don't want just five police in the hallway. We don't want, nope, it's n- nothing they can do is going to be enough. We have to be at home. That, that, that is, that shouldn't be allowed. That's not productive. You're not, I, I don't know, you know, I, and I'm sure maybe the parents feel, hey, we are proud of her for getting involved. We're proud of her for blah, blah, blah. But the problem is they never want it to end. 
And sometimes, you know, with some of these, you had, when you've had some of these terrible school shootings, there were kids. Remember David Hogue? He emerged from that. Suddenly he's on CNN. Suddenly he's on MSNBC. Suddenly he's on Good Morning America. He didn't want to go back to his old life. Suddenly he's in Washington testifying. Remember Parkland, the Parkland kids? That becomes their new identity. Um, that's a problem. And now it's really no longer. Look at the damage that someone created by writing a threat in a bathroom stall. Law enforcement, they deal with real threats, right? They, they do. Sometimes police pull someone over and the individual has a loaded handgun in the car. Maybe they were a threat, maybe they weren't. Sometimes they have arrested people recently and they have a cache of weapons and ammunition in the car. Potential threat. How about many times, or not many times, but sometimes in the past, there's someone and there's a blockade somewhere in Washington. You just hear about it. And then they find in the car the guy had some weapons and he had some ammo. That is, you could say, you know, they stopped a threat. That's not what this is. I give a lot of credit to the principal who's not caving to this. Um, and what what's frightening is, see, this is what happens when these things just start to take on a life of their own. And then and, and the, you have to understand, you know, you wonder, is the media really doing, are they doing a service by interviewing all these kids and they put them on the news? And come on, you take an unknown 15, 16 year old and put them on and all their friends are sharing it. And what do they think their friends say? Hey, that looks like fun. I want to be on TV and blah, blah, blah. Here's one story. In Rhode Island, Barrington High parents and students are pressing school to take action after shooting threat. You know, I have a problem with the wording on that. Shooting threat. It should be written threat. In Providence, those kids go to school and there are shots fired. Barrington High School students' parents are pleading take further action. Someone wrote a threatening message in the girls' bathroom. I'm shooting up the school on 1221 with my dad's pistol. Who wrote it? Do you think the kid's going to come forward now? Someone knows who wrote that. The principal, Barrington, superintendent sent identical messages to parents. Barrington police, additional presence. But the parents are demanding more. Dr. Brian Alveson, professor of pediatrics at Brown University, is a parent. But Barrington High Senior said, express concern resulting in the handling. This is a severe threat. How does he know what constitutes a severe threat? I care for homicidal children on a regular basis. Homicidal ideation is not a rare condition. I've seen it times here in Rhode Island. The students in the message of the bathroom wall had a clear plan. There needs to be a comprehensive screening mechanism at the entry of the school till the threat is found. There needs to be distance learning. The place should be crawling with CI, FBI, and state police. They need additional counselors and therapists. Every student in the school should have to go through it. An increased police presence is enough. My, one, my daughter will only go if there's a window in the classroom to jump out of once the shooting starts. 
I'm not going into a classroom where there's no windows. Notice they don't say if. Now it becomes when the shooting starts. What? This is a disgrace. What happened to we are not going to. And also, how about a poor choice of words? Miriam Sheriff was a daughter senior. She called, asked what the school planned on. When are you going virtual? I like this line. I was kind of shot down. You may want to say uh, they didn't go for my plan. My child is not going to school out of fear. And that's what it is. So much for the old, all we have to fear is fear itself. The writing of the bathroom had a date written on it. But I'm paranoid it could happen at any time now. There could be lines of people. Folks, it's a matter of time before they're going to try to tie this into white supremacist mass and Trump people. Now the reporters go after him. The principal addressed the student body wearing a mask and sitting with his hands folded at his desk. What is he supposed to hold? An assault weapon? Students will be required to have a hall pass in order to use the restroom. They should not cave. They should not cave. What happened to, listen, you know, whoever did this was wrong. You're creating panic. This is like the equivalent of yelling fire at a crowded theater. Now they have the online petition. You know, kids are crying, making out wills. How many people have signed it now? Over 3,000. 3,200 people have signed it. If anything happens, yep. They need to worry more about this than going around looking for me in the hole. See now, uh, I I don't feel safe in school. I have to just do virtual learning. Well, folks, that's kids that just don't want to go into the classroom. I have to be in a classroom with windows so I can jump out when the shooting starts. How many school shootings have there been in the state? Let me think. None. Some, well, they put a date on it. They said next Tuesday. That makes it real. I like the parents. That means it's a severe threat. What's the matter with you? Of course it's real. Do you think someone would do that and not carry it out? Yes. Why would someone do that? Because they're stupid kids. That's why. Because kids do stupid things like that. Yes. There were kids that would think that that's funny. Um, you know. They could have been filming all this. And now they thought it would be funny that someone would go. Maybe they were standing outside and they were ready to film whoever was doing it. And then all of a sudden they realize that it's blown up and now they're not saying anything. Maybe they did it just to get a reaction out of one of their friends. You know, the the kid, here's a few things. Most of the time, when there's been school shootings in other parts of the country... There is no warning. They don't post anything. So there's that. That kid in Michigan, the, the gun laws in Michigan are far different than the gun laws around here. I just think there should be more of an effort to say to the student body and their parents, we're not going to allow this to interrupt our life. Right? There are parts of the world where they go on. They don't allow these threats. And I'll even say, you know, in Providence, they have situations where there's shots fired on a street. And the next day, those children and their parents, to their credit, they get up, they get ready, and they go to school. 
Providence has had in Pawtucket, but, you know, they've had kids bring weapons to school. This isn't it. This is the media is anxious to create these locals that are now we have 3,200 for a petition and we don't want to die and I don't want to be a hashtag. And this is, you know, now you're just creating fear where it doesn't exist. I'm not saying nothing to be done. But then you have to rely on the people that do this for a living and law enforcement. And that principal, I give him a lot of credit for not caving to this. Um, that, that situation in Michigan, that showed, you know, that, that's an extreme case where they, they did ignore warning signs. That, and it's different. They had a specific student who was posting things online, on social media, and they've had a meeting with him and his parents in the principal's office. So there are things to blame there. This isn't that. This is an unknown. People have got to really chill out here, folks. I I just don't. This is very alarming. I don't expect... 15, 16, 17-year-old minds to know the proper thing. This is where you need adults, you need experience, you need maturity. Calm everybody down. Here's why we're not going to do that. You know, it is um, threatening and having people with fear. It's a form of terrorism. It is. And you can't cave to it. We take precautions. It should be the school is going to fight back. We're not going to allow someone to do that. We're all going to take a pledge to protect each other. That would be more constructive. I don't know what the exact answer is, but I'm willing to bet law enforcement does. Now, folks, we have another full hour to go. The hour Power Hour is next. Remember, the John DePietro Show, brought by Henry Oil. This heating season, make Henry Oil your oil provider. Call them 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Online at henryoil.com. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We have another Full hour to go. More on the McKee mandate. Again, next hour is on the radio, or you can listen on the website, depetro.com. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. A lot more head right here. Merry Christmas. WNRI Socket.